Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Eric Garcia, and you are tuning into Is This Seat Taken? <laughs> nah, but before we start with the episode, I just want to give a shout out to my buddy Jaren. His birthday's today, and he's one of my really good friends, so I'm very grateful to have him in my life. Jaren, if you're listening to this, happy birthday, dude, and I hope you have a great one. But I want to end it also with a shout out to my mom, the best mom I could ever ask for, always there for me, very supportive in what I do. And with that being said, happy birthday, mom. I love you so much, and you probably ain't going to listen to this, but if you ever do, just know I love you so much, and thank you for all that you do for me. Now, with that being said, though, I, I just want to say I hope everyone else who's tuning in is just having a wonderful day. I hope that if your day is just starting, that it ends awesome. I hope that if your day is not going too well, I hope it gets better. Y'all are awesome, and thank you again for tuning in. So, yesterday, though, I was about to go for my morning run, and obviously, I love listening to my music as I go. Try to help me get pumped, you know, so I put my headphones in, put on my little fanny packs, and make sure I have my phones and stuff, and yes, I wear a fanny pack. Ain't no shame. I, I just, I don't know where all the hate goes with fanny packs. Now, I do have a friend who bought a Supreme fanny pack once, and let me tell you, that thing was nice. But was it worth the price? I do not know. I wonder if he uses it still to this day. I have no idea. But let me say, when I'm going on my runs or if I'm just going out, the fanny pack ain't bad. It's helping me. You know what I'm saying? I get to put my wallet, my phone in there, my keys. Ain't no thing, you know. If somebody try to rob me, they got to pull me by the waist as well too because I ain't going to take it, you know. I am the fanny pack. But I'm losing the point here. That's not part of the story. The point is, I was tuning in to like some jams, and I saw that uh, Machine Gun Kelly had recently released a new song called My Bloody Valentine. Now, if you don't know who Machine Gun Kelly is, he's, he's a rapper, and uh, mostly does rap. And this song is like an alternative punk type of song. And I just found out that his new album that's coming out on July 17th of this year, 2020, is being produced by Travis Barker. Now, if you don't know who Travis Barker is, you need to go check out Blink-182 because he is one of the best drummer to ever fucking live. And with that being said, it, the song was actually really, really uh, catchy and it, it bopped a lot. So I enjoyed it, but when I was listening to it, though, I, I just I had this this uh, this destination, you know. It was like I got a ticket, right, to memory lane. And I was going down memory lane and just remembering my days back in middle school. Ugh. <laughs> those are some cringy days you know that's when I was trying to discover myself you know and find me who am I my personality my my ego you know what I'm saying trying to figure out okay you know this is who I am this is who Eric Garcia is and let me tell you I I went through a emo slash rocker phase and I, who knows I, I'm pretty sure everybody does at one point but that was back when I was wearing all the band tees probably like the Devil Wears Prada or Skylit Drive or you know I wrestled a bear once you know just those cool ass tees with those cool fucking designs you don't really see those as much anymore I also remember like trying to grow my hair out and I have black hair already as it is so I thought I was winning but you know I was trying to be the skater too, you know, I had a skateboard, and, you know, I just, I just, I didn't give a fuck, you know what I mean, I, I, I just didn't care, and that was like me back then, you know what I mean, and now looking back at it, I'm just like, oh, Eric, you poor soul, why would you do that to yourself, but I, I just started going down memory lane and seeing, like, man, these were the days, now I'm not saying uh, My Bloody Valentine's a bad song, which is also another artist you could listen to from, uh, you know, my days, 
um my bloody valentine yeah had some had some tracks too but no this this mgk one just you know really felt with me you know i remember one time in particular i went to the the mall with my parents right and i, I was probably maybe about 14 or 15 i think and once again I, i'm just trying to fit in you know i'm just trying to you know fit in with the cool kids and but i guess that's the uncool thing right I went to Hot Topic and my parents were at the food court. I had like maybe 25 bucks, or I mean maybe 30. And I was like, I'm going to get me some skinny jeans because that's where I want to be at. You know, I'm going to wear the tight shirts, the skinny jeans, even though I knew I shouldn't have been wearing the skinny jeans just because, you know, I got the muffin top. You know, I, I got some extra storage upstairs. And you don't, the last thing you really want to see is, you know, an unproportioned, you know, soul walking around, you know skinny chicken legs and then you know you got you got the muffin still baking in the oven and stuff and it, it just don't look right you know what i'm saying but you know I, I didn't give a fuck right like fuck me man you know i i just flipped my hair and was just like i'm gonna do this shit and so i went into the into hot topic and i was looking through their 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 pants their clothing and i was like oh you know i i want i want these green skinny jeans i want to be that guy so i ended up purchasing these skinny jeans, right? And now I also forgot to to say that my parents, not big fans of the whole skinny jeans. My dad, he's very conservative, so in his mind it was just like, why are you gonna dress like a girl? You know, why are you wearing such tight pants? Man, don't wear pants like that. You know what I'm saying? And so I had to keep it a secret, but it didn't really work out. You know, how are you gonna hide a bag of pants? I, I or maybe if you can, I wasn't that creative. So I, you know, I, I just walked up to them after I made my purchase. I went back to my parents in the food court and I, I, I just lied and was like, oh, no, nah, I just bought like two band tees and stuff. And they're like, let me see. And I said, no, no, it's OK. You know, you, you probably wouldn't like them anyway. And they're like, mijo, dámelo. And I was like, OK, here, here, take it. So my dad opened the bag and pulled out the green skinny jeans and I knew I was going to be dead. So he stood up real quick. He said, Marty, which is my mom, you know, Maria, get up. You know, it's time for us to go. And so he's like, you're never going to wear these pants. So he literally grabbed me by the hand, pulled me to the nearest trash can and said, this is where these belong. He threw those brand new pants in the trash can. Never saw them again until this day. You know, I'm just like some either somebody saw that whole incident and got a free pair of skinny jeans out of it or those pants were just put to waste and it, it makes me sad but there's so many crazy things you know i also i was a huge fan of slipknot i'll never forget that slipknot before i forget like that was my jam you know what i'm saying and so i also remember you know doing that and i, I remember one time in particular my parents went out with my uh with my uncle they went to the store you know and and back then we had this big fat plasma tv in the living room and I would always put on like my, my black shirts and stuff, you know, like I said, my black, almost skinny jeans and um, my hair wasn't too long. My Once again, my dad wouldn't let my hair get that long, you know, but it was long enough to where it would it would move if I, you know, brush my head to the left and to the right. It was it was beautiful. You know what I mean? But it wasn't super long. But I know they were gone. So I went in the living room and I went on on demand and I looked under like music videos and I played uh, Slipknot. Right. And I was playing Psychosocial. And they're like, psychosocial, psychosocial, you know, it's, they're just, it's just, it just bangs, you know what I'm saying? So then I was like, I was so into it. 
And so I went into the restroom and, you know, I, I put some water, open, I turned on the sink and, you know, the faucet, got some water and just put it all over my hair and then my face, went into the living room, started playing the song again. And just when they start headbanging, right, and everybody's just in motion, you just see all the fucking rain or sweat just coming out. That was me. I was just headbanging that shit, you know what I'm saying? And it was the funnest thing, but, you know, also one of the most awkward just because at that time when that was happening, you know, there comes my parents and my uncle walking in at that moment, just seeing this weird little kid in the living room, just jamming out to psychosocial with his hair wet for no reason, just headbanging. And those are definitely some of the memories that I'm going to carry with me for a long time. Very cringeworthy. You know, I'm sure maybe if a lot of people knew that story, they'd be like, oh, Eric, man, why? <laughs> um but it was just crazy, you know. I also know that I never got to go to, to Band's warp Tour, and that makes me sad to this day because I have a whole bunch of buddies who go every year, every year. And at that time, my favorite band was the Devil Wears Prada. I love them to death. And, you know, from time to time, I visit, you know, that music. It's not typically what I jam to now. But, you know, I, I go back, and I'm just like, man, I remember I had a buddy who went, too, and he broke his leg going to Warped Tour. And I was just like, I want to be part of it. I want the insanity. But I just, I couldn't. And my parents, you know, I just didn't have the funds. My parents didn't really feel like, you know, supporting that. And even then, you know, I... I feel like I was a wuss, you know, I, I think about it now and I'm like, yeah, mosh pits, which is, you know, literally just a bunch of people just jumping in a fucking circle and hitting the shit out of each other until they fucking die. Well, nah, I don't think die, but it happens, you know, or uh, I hope it doesn't. I know people pass out. That's for damn sure, especially with how fucking hot it gets. It's crazy. But, you know, I never really got to live that moment and stuff. I, I mean, now that I'm older, I've been to a couple concerts, but never anything as extreme as I would assume some of those uh, gatherings would have been. So Warp Tour, uh, definitely missed out on it. But I mean, it is what it is, you know. I have friends who've gone, I've heard their stories, and I'll just pretend that I, I was in them somewhere in the background, you know. I, I was there, you know, mentally. Not not physically, but mentally. God, and you know, I remember another story. Like I said, I, I used to jam. This music was my life, you know, screamo, rock, heavy metal. That was my shit you know what i'm saying and i always dreamt of like being a, a musician too so i would always go up to my buddy that you know we would listen to music together and i was like bro bro like we we gotta fucking do this we gotta start a fucking band we're gonna be famous we're gonna go play on warp tour when you know we're, we're just gonna fucking do it we're gonna get all the screamo chicks you know with the big poofy hair that look like lions we're gonna do this shit and so he looked at me and he's like uh okay like what what would you have in mind i was like all right look I can't sing, so I'm going to be the screamer, and you're going to be the singer, especially because, you know, my buddy, he, he also had the look, you know, he was very petite, very slim, always wore the skinny jeans, had fucking gorgeous hair, fuck him, you know, but he had great hair, I was always jealous of it, but he just had the whole image down, and girls already loved him, so I knew this was the vision, but I needed him to see it too. Sad to say he didn't see the vision. <laughs> but that's okay, though. But, you know, with that being said, I was like, look, man, we're going to call ourselves Zombosaurus. And he looked at me like, Zombosaurus? I was like, yes, because, you know, rar and dinosaur means I love you. And he's like, what? That doesn't make sense. And I said, well, look, just go with it. I like zombies. Dinosaurs are in. Combine them. Zombosaurus. It's going to be fucking fantastic. With that being said, the band never happened. <laughs> I don't even think we even tried recording once. He just wasn't on the idea of singing and stuff. I had some great ideas, great ideas. Just like I said, people just didn't see the vision. They didn't see the vision. But I, I guess I wouldn't want to see the vision now, 
you know, if I'm going back to my middle school days, if I could tell myself, Eric, Zombasaurus was not a good idea, I would tell him that, you know, because nothing came of it anyway. And two, you couldn't scream anyway. I remember I tried screaming so hard. You know, I watched so many YouTube videos trying to do pig squeals, you know, like, <laughs> see, I can't even do it right now. Like, that was just embarrassing, but I couldn't do it. And it, it, just looking back, it just wasn't a good idea. And luckily, when I hit high school, uh, I started maturing a little bit more. You know, obviously still immature, still fucking up. But I was learning a little bit more about myself and knowing not to do as much cringeworthy stuff. Though, still many regrets later. I was a, an interesting one back then. But, you know, I, I wouldn't trade those memories for anything. Because those are the memories that I'm going to cherish when I'm like 65. Maybe when I have kids and they know how cringeworthy their father was. Or just past experiences I can share with, you know, all you ladies and gents that are listening. Or to my friends and stuff. I, I don't regret them. Like I said, it, it's part of life. And I, I've definitely enjoyed my journey to where I am to this day. So I got a shout out to MGK for releasing a pretty good song which allowed me to go down memory lane and visit some cringy worthy moments but you know what like i said i don't regret it and i'm sure later on in the future i'm gonna end up spilling more stuff so tune in for that you know if you you like hearing those spills but once again shout out to mgk if you haven't heard his song my bloody valentine i would highly recommend checking it out also there's a he released a music video for it on youtube it has megan fox which if you're not familiar she's a model and actress you might know her from the 2007 release of transformers Maybe Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that came out back in 2016. Or her horror flick, Jennifer's Body, that came out in 2009. Whichever the case may be, is if you're a Megan Fox fan, you're going to enjoy the music video, My Bloody Valentine. So go check it out. Also, if you haven't heard of Travis Barker, once again, please, please, please go check out Blink-182. You won't regret it. So I think this is the point in the the episode where I kind of steer away from when I was going through my emo phase. (laughs) But, you know, so check it. Over the weekend, I was bored and I was like, you know what? I want to watch a movie and I love watching movies. So when I have free time, that is. And so then the other thing is I love rom-coms. And Netflix had just released this movie called The Lovebirds. And I was super curious about it. It stars Kumail Najiani. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. And Issa Rae. So just to give you a description of the film, on the brink of breaking up, a couple gets unintentionally embroiled in a bizarre murder mystery. As they get closer to figuring their names and the case, they need to figure out how they and their relationship can survive the night. Now, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a score of 67% and Metacritic at 58%. And rightfully so, I think I'm kind of in that same boat with the scores. I think that's the kind of score I would give it. But at this point in the episode, I'm going to be discussing the film, probably going by chapter by chapter on it, how it's rolling through. So if you haven't seen the movie, I think this is the point where you should stop and fast forward toward the end. If not, stick around. I enjoy the company and let's see how I am at storytelling. So the film starts off with Lalani, who's played by Issa Rae, and Jabron, who's played by Camille Najani. And they're going through basically their first date. They're all lovey-dovey, they're walking around the park, grabbing some food. You know, what you expect from like a first date. Everything's going so smooth, I'm in love, oh my god, he's perfect, she's so gorgeous. Everything's just filled with butterflies, you know what I mean? So then as the movie goes on, it fast forwards for four years later. The opening scene is starts off with them in an argument. They're over here debating over silly things, something that is just getting on each of their nerves. They start to feel very detached. At least that's what it's giving off to me and the characters. The time in the beginning of the film where everything just felt so at peace, obviously in the honeymoon phase, you fast forward to things aren't as easy as they used to be. 
and then they start just saying hurtful things to each other. And so, in this point in the film, both characters are in a vehicle. Jabron is driving the car, right? And they're going to a friend's party. Now, as they're driving to the to the party, they start getting in this debate, you know? Start talking about the relationship, how they're not happy anymore, what makes them mad, what was before and what is now. And so they finally come to a conclusion that maybe they're just better off alone, you know, not with one another because they're always fighting. Now, as they're having this discussion, Jabron ends up hitting a guy who's riding a bicycle. Now, I, I don't mean just hit, though. Like, this dude literally smacks the shit out of him. This guy hits the windshield, breaks it, falls on the ground. Of course, they stop. They get out the, the vehicle, and they check on him. Turns out, this guy is actually pretty scared. I mean, I guess who wouldn't be right after you just got hit by a fucking car? But he gets up, you know, and fucking tails it. Now, Lilani realizes that this guy had dropped his phone. They pick it up, and they get in the vehicle. They're shocked. They're like, did you just see what happened? And out of nowhere, this stranger comes up. And he comes to the window, knocks on it. He's like, I need, I'm getting in this car, you know, I need it. And then they're like, what, what? You know, they're startled. Turns out this guy says he's a cop and that he needs to chase after this guy. So he gets in the car, start chasing this guy on the bicycle. Now, after that, they finally track down the guy on the bicycle and they put him like, they corner him in like an alleyway, right? So now this supposed cop or this guy who's saying he's a cop just floors it, hits the shit out of him. This guy's off his bike and just knocked out cold on the floor in agony obviously the bike is just fucking totaled and so the officer just looks in the rear view mirror looks back and looks at the body and then just reverses it runs over this guy's body and then he pulls it forward again just back and forth back and forth back and forth you you would think like this guy was just trying to flatten a piece of meat or something it was awful and so after that had happened the guy gets out the vehicle checks the body pulls out a gun looks at both Leilani and Jabron and obviously some shit's about to go down. But then he hears the police sirens and he tells it. So as soon as he tells it, both Jabron and Lilani get out the vehicle to go check upon the body. Now as that happens, the police sirens, they disappear. They go away in the distance and this couple walks up to them. Now they see the body and they go up to the body and they're like, oh my god, what have you done? You know, the car's in the background with the windshield broken. Jabron is covered in blood from the biker when he first hit him. You know, the biker stood up, touched him, and had blood splattered on him. And so both Lilani and Jabron are just like, no, you know, like, we didn't do this. I, I know what it looks like, but I swear we didn't hit him. And then the, the couple's just like, yeah, sure. So they call the police. Now once they start calling the police, that's when they start, they bolt the hell out of there, you know, because it just does not look good. And at this point in the film, when they tail it, it just fast forwards them to them being at a diner. Now, they're at this diner and they're just discussing, like, oh my god, what the fuck just happened? Now, what are we supposed to do? You know, we're all we're fucking criminals now. Oh shit, what are we gonna fucking do? You know, they're just in frantic. And so, as they're, you know, discussing all this, they decide, like, yeah, we need some fucking alcohol. I mean, under situations like that, of course you're gonna need alcohol, right? And so, they're telling this this waitress, yeah, we need alcohol. And the, the waitress is just like, uh, <laughs> uh we, we don't serve alcohol here. Next thing you know, the next best thing, they get milkshakes. So they get the shakes, right? They're sitting at the diner. They're still discussing what they're going to do about the situation. And so next thing you know, ring-a-ding-ding, Lilani's phone is going off. So she looks at it, it says unknown caller. She answers it, and it turns out it's a detective. Now the detective starts asking her, hey, Lilani, have you been driving your vehicle tonight? And, you know, she's over there like, uh, no, you know, um, it should be at home where I'm at because, you know, I'm just here acting casual, haven't done anything wrong. 
And then the officer's like, are you sure? Because we have your vehicle. And she's like, oh, my God. Let me go check. Oh, what? Honey, did you know the vehicle is not outside her house? I mean, who who wouldn't believe it, right? And so as she's talking to the officer, Jabron is in the background just like, you know, hang, hang up the Hang up the fucking phone, you know? Like, we're suspects now. Like, you can't be talking to these people. And so, they're in this whole the talk, you know, Lalani's talking to the officer, and then Jabron just grabs the phone and throws it in the shake. A perfectly good shake. You know, it shakes are just so good, and you, you're just gonna ruin it like that. That I was very disappointing. But, you know, phone call's over with, right? And at this point in the film, they fast forward again to them being at a park. And once again, they're discussing, okay, this is what we need to do. We need to crack this case so we can free our names and that way they got nothing on us. And at this point, I I just want to add, there's a cute dog that walks on screen. I don't know what type of dog it is, but that doggo was freaking adorable. So if anything, check out that scene because that dog was magnificent. Anyway, yeah, they they need to free their names. So they go on this, this quest. And so Jabron decides that he wants to order a lift. They order a lift. And it turns out they, they did like a order shared lift. You know, when you're sharing the vehicle with more people because he's cheap. Which, you know, sometimes under the circumstances, I get it. You know what I'm saying? So they get the shared lift and they, they're on their way to their destination, right? And then they end up picking up another couple that's just drunk off their ass. And they're like, oh my God, I love you. Oh. And they're like, oh, get a room. You know, Leilani's just like, you know what? It ain't going to last. So get used to it. And then there you go again with the whole idea that there's still some tension between both her and Debron and their relationship. And, you know, it's so, it's not, it's never that easy when you start hitting those rough patches in a relationship, right? And so at this point, their lift is taking them to a bar. So they get to this bar, and obviously they haven't been to a bar in a long time. They see all these young young adults, and they're just trying to fit in. So they start busting the move, you know what I'm saying? Some busting to the left, some busting to the right. They just start moving, you know, they're getting it and stuff. And they're just like, fuck, you know, feel so out of place here. But there they are, just like I said, you know, they're just doing their thing. And so after that, they just decide to sit at a bar and they start bickering at each other about more relationship stuff. Now, during this time, the phone that Lilani had retrieved from the biker goes off, picks up the phone, looks at it. It's from this person named Edie saying, I can't find y'all. Where are y'all? I'm on the balcony, right? So they look at each other. Jabron and her both go to the balcony. They're looking around and there's a suspicious person in a trench coat. So that has to be it, right? So Jabron just goes up and is like, <coughs> Edie? And then, you know, they just look at each other and then they start having a discussion. So both Edie, Jabron, and Leilani are talking. She leads them out outside the bar. Now, as soon as they lead them outside the bar, someone shows up, knocks both Leilani and Jabron, also known as the Lovebirds, out cold. The movie forwards to them just waking up. They are tied to chairs. They don't know where the hell they're at. And all you see is Edie just talking to them. And so Jabron just starts crying. Oh my God, just let me know. You know, let me go. You know, just anything he could do just to get them out of that position. But it wasn't working. And so once it wasn't working, Edie's like, okay, look, I know you have the pictures of me and my husband, who is a congressman. So I want them now. Who sent you? I got the information from your boss right here and the lovebirds are just like what we we don't know anything we don't know about your boss we're not even supposed to be here so they're over here during this whole situation right and Edie's just not having it so Edie's like okay you know what you made me do it so then her husband comes in with the mask right and he's he has this weird masquerade mask it looks like a bird and then Jabron's just like oh my god and they they already connect one of the dots together and they know that it's her husband so he takes off the mask right they're still talking she's like oh 
I really wish I didn't have to do this. So she's like, you're going to have to choose between either getting bacon grease poured on your face or what's behind the magical mystery door right beside me. And so Lalani's like, take the grease, take the grease. And then Jabron's like, nah, like that ain't me. I'm going to choose the door. So she opens the door and it turns out it's a horse's ass, right? I'm like, oh, okay, horses, they're so cute. And so next thing you know, bam, he gets hit right in the chest, knocked on the floor. He looks at Lalani and she's like, choose the bacon grease. And as soon as that happens, you know, Edie goes for the bacon grease and is about to go to Lalani. As Jabron is on the floor, his straps are that were tied to his wrist where he couldn't get off the chair. He starts loosening them, gets up, pushes Edie, ends up freeing Lalani, and then they go into this all-star brawl with the husband and Edie over everything. The bacon grease ends up getting poured on Edie, and it just becomes this whole mess. Next thing you know, the lovebirds are out of there, and they're gone. So now the lovebirds are in the street, and in front of a store, they decide to go in. Maybe grab some new clothes so they can clean up. Obviously, they are both beating up terribly. They are not looking hot. So they get some new clothes. So they end up deciding to get some new clothes from the store. Lilani ends up getting some unicorn clothes. And Jabron ends up getting just a whole new outfit that I don't really know how to describe other than baggy. And from that point on, they just start taking care of themselves. They start sharing an intimate moment, actually. And then you can see a little spark starting to shine between both of them. Now, I'm not saying the balance. Wow, wow. You know, I'm just saying, like, you know. Their conversations aren't all about hate anymore. And from this, they just start reconnecting. They start discussing their first date. And they go back outside the store and they order a lift. At this point, Jabron and Lilani are sitting outside on a curve in front of the store. And they start talking about their first date, their relationship, and just how much they really need to get out this pickle. So Jabron ends up telling Lilani, well, I actually got a clue. And she's like, what? What, what? what do you mean? And so he pulls out a little slip of paper and it has the, the bicycle or the bicycle dude's number and an address. And they're like, well, maybe we need to go to this address, find some more clues and clear our name. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to focus on. So they order a lift and they sit there and wait for the lift to get there. Now, this time, I don't think it's lift share, which is a good thing. So at this point in the story, let's recap. You have the lovebirds who are innocent and put in a situation that is not good. You have Bicycle Guy who was hit by the lovebirds but not killed, but then killed by a stranger. Now, the stranger, we're going to call him Mustache Man from now on just because that's how they refer to him in the movie. And that's because his most identifying quality at this point. So they start discussing in the film, the lovebirds that is, that they believe Mustache killed Bicycle Guy for those pictures. Which are the same photos that Edie was asking for when she had Jabron and Liliana tied up. So the whole thing is... What is the deal with these pictures or what does Mustache Man have to do with it? So on the piece of paper that Jabron had got from Edie earlier, there's an address and they decide to go visit this address to see if they could find more answers in that way in hopes of clearing their name. Now we fast forward, they are at the address and they end up climbing up some stairs. They find it's an apartment building and they have no way of getting in. And so they start thinking because they've already located the room or at least the, the space that they need to get into. So then they come up with this clever plan. Well, we got to break the glass 
ass because there ain't no way. So I think this is probably one of the funniest moments I thought. Uh, Jabron ends up just tapping the glass, like just a little love tap. You know, he doesn't wrap his hand up in his jacket or any type of clothing to break the glass like you've seen in previous movies. He's just he's just tapping it. He's pressing it. You know, he's just playing with it. And here goes Liliana. She grabs her high heels and she just starts smacking the glass and it just looks like they're just knocking on it and knocking on it. And finally, enough pressure is forced and Jabron ends up breaking the glass. They end up going inside. And now that they're inside, they start to hear music and they see that there's just nothing but a group of frat boys putting these pictures inside yellow envelopes. And so they're over here just confused and dazed and they're just trying to figure out what the hell is going on so picture it's just a big apartment suite and the frat guys are in one room and liliana and jabron are in another well they're over here discussing talking amongst themselves trying to figure out what to do and in that moment one of the frat guys moves into the same room they are in so they end up meeting each other seeing each other and then they end up going out into an all-out brawl however this group of frat guys that are in the other room i'd say like maybe five or six they can't hear him fighting jabron because the music's too loud so this whole thing is going on there's some wwe moves going and you see liliana she's just being a little cheerleader like get him get him get him you know she ain't really putting much effort until the very end long story short they end up getting this dude down and they end up interrogating him asking him okay who's bicycle guy you know what do you know what can you tell us to help clear our names and this frat guy he's just you know he doesn't know anything he's just like no you know we just this is just a job you know this is what we do and then he ends up telling them about tom who is also known as bicycle guy and he ends up getting spilling a little bit more information about the whereabouts of where they should go and while they're having this whole discussion frat boy gets free ends up leaving but during that whole moment within when the lovebirds were interrogating this frat boy mustache man makes his way into the apartment building and shows no mercy just pulls out his gun starts killing all these frat guys now once again the music's too loud nobody hears mustache man so as soon as that frat guy escapes the lovebirds he runs into mustache man mustache man just kills him cold the lovebirds end up hiding in a closet and mustache man never finds them mustache man exit so do the lovebirds while they're leaving they end up grabbing an envelope that have the pictures that Edie was talking about earlier fast forward they're on a bus heading to their next destination as they're opening the pictures that are within the envelope and nothing too revealing nothing too crazy so they're still confused but there's an address or there's more or less like a message and they're trying to crack the code now within the phone the same one that they found earlier there's a message but they can't really get to it so they start having discussion how can we get into this phone they try looking into passcodes but they don't want to lock themselves out well Lilani has a friend that works in IT and so happens to have the ability to help unlock these phones right or at least help them out now this is another spark in discussion where they start having a debate because Jabron is like oh I don't like Keith Keith is the IT guy who Lilani is friends with who can help unlock the phone Jabron is just jealous no no no, no, you know, I don't like the way he looks at you. And she's like, but I don't, you know, he doesn't look at me any certain way. And she, he's, then Jabron's like, well, I don't like the way you look at him. And then silence, right? And so this whole debate comes in and you can see that Jabron still has feelings for her. And he, throughout this whole movie, that's the thing. They're just expressing themselves in a way they weren't doing before all this crazy bad shit happened, right? 
Fast forward though, they end up figuring out, well, we need Keith. So they go to a friend's party, the same friend's party that they were supposed to go to in the start of the movie. They get there, they socialize for a little bit, yada yada. They talk to Keith and end up convincing Keith to help them unlock the phone, not knowing all the backstory to it. Keith helps unlock the phone. With that being said, they realize that the message is saying that there's a, a ball, some type of event that's going on later on the night that's a suit and tie type of deal, something you need to dress fancy to so they asked their friends if they could land some clothes the friends letting them clothes they get all dressed up they see how sexy they look at each other and then once then they head off to the event now once they get to the event it's like a masquerade ball everybody's dressed up in suit and ties and once you enter the building you have to put on a mask and these masks resemble birds correct so as soon as they're in there they start walking around looking around trying to see who who's there and then they notice that Edie's there and so is the congressman her husband right so they sit in this weird auditorium and it looks like an auction's going on next thing you know the lights start dimming down everybody's silent and it looks like a cult you know it's just really weird vibes right and you could tell they stand out like crazy so here they are just sitting in this auditorium trying to figure out what's going on and eventually these people just start coming out in their robes right and they surround like this table that have some cloths on it or more or less like a bed I guess and next thing you know they're just ripping off their clothes and they're naked and then they just hop on this bed and they just start going full orgy I mean holy shit it's a sex cult up in here and people are just you know they're just watching them it ain't no auction you know ain't nobody trying to sell no perfumes or soaps and shit or dishware this is full on boy girl boy boy girl girl whatever you want it to be the orgy is the main attraction right and so here they are just like what the fuck is going on and so next thing you know though these two guys in red robes come up and they're like stop so they stop the orgy right and everybody else is like oh my god nye, 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 nye. so they leave right everybody grabs their robes and they're out there you know but it continues right and they're like look we have found out there are some imposters among us and so they trick liliana and jabron into revealing themselves but as soon as they reveal themselves and the sex cult decides to go at them sirens start showing where there's this an alarm system that comes on the auditorium saying that you must flee you must retreat so everybody in the cult busts out the fucking doors and they're gone right liliana and Jabron are the only ones there. Funny enough, the cops bust in and they arrest Jabron and Liliana. And so at this point in the story, you're like, oh fuck, well this sucks. You know, they finally got busted. What did he do, right? So they get to the to the police station, they get taken into an interrogation room, and they just start talking and they're laughing and they're bonding a little bit more. Like this whole crazy adventure actually helped their relationship, you know? And then you could just see the cops in the background, like, oh, I don't want them to break up. And it was just one of those little things, they just being nosy as hell. So then the movie goes back to the Liliana and Gerard back in the interrogation room police officer that called her earlier on in the film asking if she had driven her car is there and starts asking her we've been looking for you you know and they're like you know we didn't do it blah 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 and the officer's like well yeah we know you didn't do it there was traffic cameras around and it showed that y'all didn't kill him that it was a hit and run and somebody took the vehicle from you it wasn't your fault you were two key witnesses in a murder investigation and we've been trying to make sure that you're okay and so this huge relief just comes out of them and they're just like wait wait so you're saying that you don't think we killed them and the officer just looks at him like, no, like, that's silly. Why would you kill somebody you don't know? And they're just like, oh, my God, like, you wouldn't believe this shit. Like, I just thought, you know, you, you sure, though? Like, you know, because, you know, I, I could see why you think, you know, we killed this man. And so the officer just continues to him like, you're good. Like, we know you didn't do it. And the next thing you know, they just start spilling like, oh, my God, well, I used to sell drugs and I used to do this. But I swear, I swear to God, I ain't never killed a man. And it just becomes this whole comedic routine and it's pretty 
pretty funny, I would say. But now we fast forward with the officers like, look, y'all been through a lot tonight. How about y'all just go home? We we take y'all home. Y'all come back in the morning. Y'all give y'all statements. They're like, cool, you know, we'll do that. They get in the car, right? And they end up going back home. You know, that's what you would think, right? But big twist, Mustache Man is the driver. And then Mustache Man goes on this whole rant about how he was the one who pulled the alarm at the sex cult because he protects them. He's also the one who killed the bicycle guy named Tom, which also is his friend, but only killed him because Tom was blackmailing his ass and wasn't giving him a piece of the cut of their whole business. So basically, he was doing this for all the money. He wasn't getting paid enough, but he could felt like he was going to get a little money here, a little money there, you know, all around. Turns out Tom was holding back and it just was not feeling with him. So he takes him, mustache man ends up taking him to this dock where these all these boats are at and he comes up with this deliberate scheme, right? Ties both Liliana and Gibran's hands together in the back of a car, leaves them there, goes in, out to the dock, checks on the boat. And while he's doing that, both Liliana and Gibran come out with an idea of how to escape. So, so Liliana decides to get slick and goes in the front of the vehicle and grabs the cigarette burner from the car, pulls it out. Gibran turns around, burns the plastic off the ties that were wrapped around his hand he helps free her and then they pretend that their hands are still tied as mustache man comes back and eventually leads them to the dock they get to the dock they get on the boat and then mustache man goes into his whole villainous speech like you know this is what's gonna happen i'm gonna do this and this and it's gonna all come out great i'm gonna look like the hero yada 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 right he then proceeds to tell liliana and jabron to get on their knees as he's about to pull the trigger on them but he doesn't know that their hands are untied so then jabron comes out out loose tackles him the gun goes flying and then they break out in a fight sequence Liliana eventually ends up getting the gun pulls it on mustache man who now has Gibran in a chokehold they go into this whole little argument next thing you know Gibran gets free ducks down Liliana shoots him mustache man tumbles over the boat and into the water the lovebirds feel safe they start to celebrate however mustache man comes out just like Jason from Friday the 13th and starts screaming ah! as he climbs up on top of the boat. Jabron ends up giving one of those little uh, rescue things that they toss to you when you're drowning smacks him right in the face. Mustache Man falls into the water. The movie then fast forwards towards the end which is basically all the police have arrived. They have got Mustache Man in custody and the lovebirds are okay and then they start discussing about their relationship and it turns out the lovebirds are actually still in love and they just realize through all the bullshit they've been together all they really needed to do was communicate with one another and work through some of these issues that they had. It was shown plenty of times throughout the film that both Liliana and Gibran just didn't know how much they cared for each other until like they really got down to it and how much they really knew so much and just wasn't really willing to give up on that relationship just because they had a couple rough patches. So they end up sharing a big smooch and the lovebirds end up together but fast forward a year later they are still together and they are actually competing on a TV show called Amazing Race which in the beginning of the film is something that they do have an argument about. The funny thing is it just ends with them having to compete in a special event that involves horses which triggers Gibran's PTSD of horse kicking. <laughs> and that's it you know the credits end up rolling
rambling here and then you just watch the whole movie. Now, I'm sure the movie's a lot better than how I just told it, but all in all, I didn't think it was a bad film. I think this is the perfect film if you don't have anything to do on a Saturday night or maybe Sunday. And you just kind of want to kill time, you know, maybe order some pizza, drink some wine, maybe crack open a cold one. I don't know, but it's not a bad film. It does have its moments where it is pretty funny. However the case may be, though, your opinion might be different than mine, you know. I'm a pretty strong critic when it comes to certain movies, especially rom-coms, because I love them so much. However, that being said, still watch the movie. Like I said, if you're looking for something to watch over the weekend or maybe during the week and you want something new, then yeah, you know, I would totally say, yeah, well, go for it. Watch it. You're, it's not a bad movie. It's not something that you're going to be like, fuck, why did I watch this shit? I don't think you're going to regret it. There's way worse movies than that being said. So yeah, uh, I definitely give it a 6 out of 10, but it's not a bad 6 out of a 10. I still enjoyed the film. I just kind of felt like the characters just weren't involved as much as I'd like them to be. Like, I just didn't really connect with them. When I'm usually watching a TV show or a movie, the one thing I know that I'm going to really look for is if I can even care about this character. And I really just didn't care about Liliana and Jaron throughout the whole film. It just really felt short. I didn't really feel that connection with them. I didn't even really see that they really loved each other. And like I said, I didn't think the story was that intriguing, to be honest. I mean, the whole orgy sex cult was, okay, it, it threw me a bone, you know, I'm not going to lie. But I mean, even then, it's just it was just such a bland story, in my opinion, and nothing really that exciting. But that that's just me, you know, that's just my opinion you might watch the film and you might have a totally different opinion about it and I think that's the beautiful thing about film or whatever interest you have you know you you're always going to come across somebody who either is going to love it dislike it or have mixed feelings about it but the cool thing is about having discussion a conversation over about it and seeing other point of views that you didn't even see in the beginning Hopefully, though, my read-through of The Lovebirds was entertaining enough not to put you asleep because I can be a huge <laughs> snooze fest at times. However, it's that time in the episode where we're wrapping up, and I just want to say thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Wherever you are, stay safe. Remember that you're awesome, and I hope that you continue having an awesome day or night wherever you're at. I'm Eric Garcia, and this is Is This Seat Taken? Taken?